I started as a, as a photographer and I love the craft of like creating art and presenting imagery and storytelling that makes people curious and inquisitive and hopefully moves people, inspires people, makes people laugh, all those things. And so I get to my, my full-time job now is to get to invest and put everything I have into making the best product I can. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hey guys, welcome back to Jump. I'm Jackie. And as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, our guest today is someone you might just recognize from TV because he is the host of a show called Epic Trails that you can find on Outside TV or Fox Sports in most regions. Um, His name is Eric Hansen. And seriously, he gets to travel around the world seeking out the most epic trails which sounds to me like a ridiculously awesome dream job. I actually met Eric a few years ago at a conference in Quebec and we did a Via Ferrata together. Actually, that Via Ferrata was featured in episode 72, if you want to go back and listen, or maybe you can recall that. Eric was there for that. And uh, he also was just recently at Outdoor Retailer in Denver, where I was and where I re-ran into him and got to catch up with him a bit after a few years. Um, Things have changed a lot for, well, both of us, I suppose, in the last three years. I suppose that's life. But his path has taken him literally across the world and back several times with this TV show that he hosts. So um, we're just going to talk to him about that path and what led him to this hosting gig and what is in store for him and what the show is about and um, you know some of the people and places that he's seen and experienced along the way. So I'm excited to get to share that with you. But before we start today... I have a group trip announcement. I've been working on the 2020 calendar for group trips. And I had mentioned to you guys several episodes ago, uh, my hopes for creating a bucket list trip to Norway for 2020. Unfortunately, that one is not happening yet. So I apologize if you had your hopes up. I for sure did. It's just not happening yet. But we are totally changing years and continents. Instead of going somewhere cold and dark in winter, we're going to Costa Rica. (laughs) Uh, We're having a community meetup in Costa Rica, March 25th through 29th, 2020. There are 18 spots available, which makes this my biggest group opportunity so far. And it's only $995, like $995. I want to meet you. You want to meet me. At least I hope you do. And trust me, you really want to meet each other because the group is always the best part about all of my group trips. Anyone who's been on them will tell you that. So that's what we're going to do. We're having a meetup in Costa Rica, five days, four nights, totally doable. We're going to hike to waterfalls, surf in the Pacific Ocean if you want to, Um, hang out on one of the most beautiful beaches, which backs up to jungle where we'll see monkeys and all kinds of wildlife. We'll have a cooking class with a local community and Of course, we'll have a Latin dance party. So this is your winter escape if you're looking for one. This is your next travel meetup if you're looking for one and an opportunity to meet me and some other fellow listeners and readers. Um, So Costa Rica, March 25th through 29th, 
five days, four nights, $9.95. Find out everything you need to know and book at jumpexperiences.com. And yes, you did hear that correctly. Um, I am just full of exciting announcements today. I have officially named my group trips Jump Experiences, which will probably come as no surprise to any of you. Um, So come jump with me. We have fun, I promise. On that note, I'm also about to launch my third annual Women's Adventure Retreat in Ecuador. That will be February 3rd through 7th, 2020. Uh, Stay tuned for more info and booking for that. You can find all the info for all things group trips at jumpexperiences.com. Sign up there to stay informed. I can't wait to get to meet even more of you in 2020. So here's to that. All right, moving on with business. Today's episode is brought to you by Grail. Have you guys heard of Grail yet? It's spelled G-R-A-Y-L with a Y. Um, And they do one thing and they do it well. They create water purifier bottles. They just came out with a new purifier bottle called the GeoPress. It's 24 ounces. So imagine a French press for water purifying. That's essentially what a grail does. You fill the bottle and then you press the filter cartridge down to the bottom and you drink from the top. I have one and um, I already took it on a camping trip in the Tetons. And I will tell you what my number one favorite thing about it is. It enabled me to keep drinking. Think about it. When you're off grid with limited access to water, you risk dehydration because you avoid drinking to conserve the clean water you have right? Is anybody with me on that? Um, With my grail, I was able to stay hydrated and it sounds simple, but it was a huge deal for me to not worry about my access to water. I was camping on Jackson Lake. There was a ton of water around. I just needed to filter it and voila, I was good to go in literally seconds. Um, And guess what? Of course, yes, they are offering an exclusive discount just for us. 20% off using promo code JUMP on purifiers and replacement cartridges at grail.com. Remember it's G-R-A-Y-L.com. These guys are empowering adventure 24 ounces at a time. Check them out at grail.com and use promo code jump for 20% off. Thanks so much to grail for providing that special discount for us and for creating such a great product for outdoor lovers to take into the backcountry. This show is also supported by Osprey. Today, I'm going to tell you about the other new travel pack they have out, the Daylight Travel Day Pack. So the new Farpoint and Fairview Trek versions no longer come with a detachable day pack, but the Daylight Travel was made to integrate with them. You can strap them directly to the outside using two big clip straps and four small fasteners in each corner for extra strength and stability. Um, and you can even get them in the same color as your Farpoint. Point or far view, <laughs> fair view or far point trek. I'm not editing that out. So carrying it with the day pack still attached is still an option. Um, or of course you can use it on its own. My favorite feature of this new day pack is the fact that it expands. It's like brilliant, but it expands. There's an expando zipper that really makes the pack just as big as it needs to be. When you find yourself stuffing all the extra layers and food into your day pack, it also has a protective laptop sleeve. So it's perfect for the digital traveler. I already love this pack. I've also created video reviews for these new packs. So you can check 
check those out at jumppodcast.com if you want to see me geek out over them. Thanks again to Osprey for supporting our show. And um, remember, I'm going to be doing a giveaway of a Fairview or Farpoint Trek to a lucky winner out there. So stay tuned for that announcement. I can tell you two places. You certainly won't miss it. One is my Instagram at Traveling Jackie and two is my email list. Um, If you already receive my group trip updates, you're in the right place. If you don't, you can sign up at jumppodcast.com. All right, let's get to the goods now with my friend Eric Hansen from Epic Trails. Okay, Eric Hansen, welcome to Jump Podcast. Welcome to my show. How are you doing? Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks so much, Jackie. Uh, it's great to be here. It's great to catch up with you again and uh, be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's definitely my pleasure. So we we ran into each other just, when was it? Last month? A couple of weeks ago? I believe it was three weeks ago. And then I was traveling off uh, for the last two weeks. So uh, as, as we do. <laughs> but yeah, three weeks ago, we ran into each other after a, a while. Yeah. And that was so surprising to see you in the halls of, um, of Outdoor Retailer because it has been three years since the last time I saw you. We actually originally met in Quebec. Yeah. Uh, for an adventure travel conference, which also was super fun. And I seem to recall doing a certain via ferrata and rappel with you (laughs) on that trip. I distinctly remember the sheer terror in your eyes uh, as you stepped over that cliff edge to uh, rappel your way down. Oh yeah. But, uh, but you did it. And it was, that was such a fun experience. And that, that, that that particular trip was, uh, illuminating for me. I didn't know that Quebec had so many cool places and I met a lot of wonderful people there too, such as yourself. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Quebec blows my mind just as an adventure, I guess, Mecca. I think there's so many things that are available there. I had such a good time on that trip, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I have to say a thank you for doing that rappel with me because that was really scary that um, I have a thing with heights. Uh, and I think my listeners already know that um, you definitely experienced that with me that day. And, you know, just having somebody there with me was super helpful. And you yeah. just happened to be wanting to take pictures, which was a little bit scary, but you were still right next to me. And so that was like pretty cool to be able to go down at the same time as somebody else. That was very helpful. I know. I think I was the last person to go over the wall because it took me that long to harness my chi. I think you were kindly letting other people have the experience before you. You were, oh. you were just being very respectful. Is that what I was doing? I, That's... I think so. Yeah, but that was an intimidating rappel. So for for people who don't maybe don't aren't sure what we're talking about, it was like a I think it was like a two hundred foot rappel. Mm-hmm. It was something quite sizable, and yeah. uh, definitely intimidating. Even though I do like a lot of climbing and canyoneering and hanging out on ropes, like that was still like going over the edge. There mm-hmm. is it always kind of makes your innards clench a little bit. Oh so, my gosh! Uh, yeah, you did a good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was, that was definitely testing. Um, and you came out with some really cool photos from that. So yeah. That was, yeah. Well, you were a good fo- uh, subject to photograph because you were, you were in a very intense <laughs> mode at that point. So the, the fear or whatever was going on seemed very tangible and it came through in the photographs. My face was pure terror and you liked that. <laughs> yes. So Around that time, I remember you 
putting out a blog post, I believe, that kind of shared a little bit of your story about, or, or maybe it was like advice or something about how you came to be an adventure travel photographer. And I, cause I remember reading that and thinking yeah. you really, really, really put yourself out there. I mean, you, I think you have to in, in any of these, I was going to, I was going to say in any of these sort of creative online niches, you've got to just hustle, 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 put yourself out there and like do those all night shoots or the all night writing sessions or whatever it is that you have to do, you know? But I remember reading this and thinking like, Eric's making it, like he's doing it, you know? And now he's able to give advice to other people who are going to be coming behind him. And this was like three years ago that I read this post about, you know, how you just, I don't know, you chase the photography. You really have made an effort to create good work. And I, did you put out a book or something also? I put out a, basically like an ebook. Um, on, With photos? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah, a heavy on the photography side and a little bit lighter on the writing side, but all about kind of going after adventure and how that tends to open up doors and opportunities and choosing to go into the unknown. Yeah. And what's cool about that is you have, even from then just kept going, come so far. And now you are actually hosting a TV show, which I think is amazing. Um, also the TV, the subject of the, I mean, I feel like you have you have like a dream job. I mean, I could say that looking at you like and what you're doing and knowing what this show is about and the things that you get to do. Oh my gosh, that looks like so much fun. But I know that this did not happen overnight, which is why I kind of brought up that, you know, the blog posts and the things from like three years ago, because you, you still, it took you a long way to get to where you are. And now you're getting to reap the benefits and... (laughs) I, I mean, I, I say that there's probably still a ton of work involved and sacrifices and all of that. But do you feel at least at some point that like, this is what you wanted? Like, are you living your dream? Oh, well, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I do feel like I am in an incredibly enviable position because I do get to live out my dream job on a daily basis. And it is my full-time job now to, to host a, a basically an adventure travel TV show and go all over the world and film in these crazy places and have cameras follow me around and (laughs) surreal. And Mm -hmm. I have people all the time, just, I think vying for my job and uh, (laughs) trying to sabotage me and maybe trying to uh, become the host of the show, which is all fun. But yeah, I, I have to pinch myself regularly because it is kind of crazy how, these things have turned out. And like you were saying, like to the, to the blog post, like three years ago, I didn't know at that point that the TV show was ever, it it was in the works, but it always felt like that was still kind of a pipe dream. And it's just funny how you kind of keep putting yourself out there, but you really have no idea how things can turn out like this. It basically like, I think I was, would have been just thrilled if I could have been a a working photographer and everything has basically worked out 10 times better than that with just through a combination of, of working hard and I guess sheer good luck. Um, it's been kind of a mix, I think. 
Um, but it has been truly amazing how it's turned out. And yeah, I, I get that, uh, that a lot of people might, might look at what I do and are pretty jealous and I understand mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yes, I love it. Do you pinch yourself a lot and just, do. yeah, all the time. Like just got to come, came back from Revelstoke in BC, Canada. And a couple weeks before that I was in Poland and getting to do a handful of climbs in these, both of these places. And, uh, you know, for the, for the show and just feels like this is so surreal to be in these places. I didn't even know Poland had these crazy Tatra mountains out there. Oh yeah. Those mountains and, uh, being at the top of some of these peaks is just like, how, how did all this happen? Mm -hmm. There's been so many destinations like that, like Papua New Guinea and Fiji where, you know, the culture element is just so distinct and different and unique that it all feels like a whirlwind. And I'm just super honored to be there. Yeah. Well, how about this? Um, let's start with, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Like where did you come from and, um, how did you get to where you are? Yeah. So to, to rewind, um, I guess about six or seven years, um, I, I was actually living in uh, Georgia at the time and I was just going through a divorce and had friends who I'm from Arizona and I had friends out here in Arizona where I'm now, uh, tell me that, Oh, I should go get this job in wilderness therapy. That'd be really good for me. Uh, so I moved out to Utah and took a job in wilderness therapy as a guide. And that was a really amazing place for me to kind of reset and reassess my life. And also kind of gave me some inspiration to chase after some things that might be, I guess, sort of riskier or, uh, out of the ordinary. So when I was guiding, I really set a goal. Like I want to work in media somehow. I had a passion for photography. And so as a guide, I just took a lot of opportunities that I had to go shoot other like climbers or canyoneering or kind of adventure types of things. And for a while that was kind of my, my goal. And I was shooting, maybe shooting some like self shot style, YouTube ish type videos. And, um, I posted one and uh, backpacker magazine ended up picking it up and I ended up getting a, a gear testing job through backpacker. And so all this sequence of events all kind of blended into a kind of a really fortuitous moment for me, but backpacker posted my, uh, my video on their website. And at the same time, this, producer who makes other television shows was trying to develop this adventure travel TV show, but didn't have a host for it. And he came across my video on backpackers website and thought that I might potentially be a good host for the show. I remember I was driving out into the field about to do an eight day shift of guiding work. And I got this call out of the blue from this guy named Ken asking if I was potentially interested in hosting a television show. (laughs) And, uh, I was definitely interested and I was (laughs) literally about to go off the grid for eight days. So like, as the phone was breaking up, I was like, yeah, can you maybe call me back like in seven or 10 days or something like that? Um, and so I ended up having this conversation and got the ball rolling there, but that was, that was literally five to six years ago. And then Mm -hmm. there was another pro that was, that was a very important, that was basically like, I guess the quote unquote, I guess, discovery 
that unlocked the door for me, but there was still an additional about four years of work that went into, and, and this unknown period of time where the show was in development and we were looking for television network agreements and sponsors and things, all the things that need to happen to get the show off the ground. And it all kind of still felt like a long shot. Mm -hmm. So I was pursuing basically pursuing other things in the meantime. So I was pursuing still being a photographer, which is around when we, when we met in Quebec and doing journalism and writing stories for magazines and kind of going that route and doing doing all of the other things that were necessary for me in case this TV show never panned out, which seemed really likely, seemed like it would probably not go anywhere. It just seemed too good to be true, really. But then, yeah, it was about two and a half years ago at this point uh, from now, two and a half years ago, I got a call that said, hey, we got the network agreement, we got funding, we've got mm -hmm. sponsors, booking you a ticket, and we're going to Jordan. How do you feel? I was like, oh my gosh. Down. <laughs> so we went to uh, Jordan and the pilot episode and I just saw that you had yeah. been to Jordan as well. So you probably are know some of where we were, but we did the Jordan mm -hmm. trail through, through, um, it's a 450 mile long trail through Jordan. And then there was still this other limbo period. that was another like six months after we filmed that. Cause this was just a pilot and, uh, we had to do the edit and post-production and turn it over to the networks. And then about six months later they aired it and, then luckily they so this was on outside tv outside tv came back to us and said hey we love your show go make more and oh yes we were off and running and that's really when it kind of that's really when i started having to like pinch myself that this was all really actually working and happening yeah that's amazing i love that jordan was your first trip too you yeah. did the entire jordan trail right we we didn't so we did not hike it in, in its entirety because it's such a long trail that it would have taken five weeks to do it and just with the logistics of uh cameras and equipment and all that we i mean we were really hiking and backpacking and like doing it but we were we cut out some sections to make it logistically more feasible so we ended up hiking probably about a uh, 100 miles of the 450 mile trail so i would love to go back sometime and do it in its completion uh, in its entirety but it was some of the logistical necessities for television made that impossible right <laughs> you know it's funny that you say that because i was just in i was just in patagonia with osprey packs and my my only experience with having a tv camera follow me around was from that trip. And it, it is strange. It's like, okay, will yeah. you go through that gate one more time? Okay. One more time. Okay. One more time. You know, it's like, we really are out there in the wilderness, like hiking and going to these awesome places, but we're also yeah. filming and it's a totally different, it's a totally different feel when you have to produce, you know, something that's going to be made for TV. And so was it weird Absolutely. for you to get used to that? Is it weird for you to be on, on camera like that? So yeah, well, it was a transition for me, for sure. I, at that point, I had really only done like self shot things. So like I'd maybe set up a camera on a tripod and then go talk to the camera for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so not quite in the realm of like, oh, I am like producing polished, 
professional television. So having cameras follow me around and point them at me constantly, <laughs> it was it was a learning curve for sure. I, I also went into it not knowing there was I thought that there was a distinct possibility that I might hate it. Mm. That it would just be like, get these cameras off me. I am I can't I I just want to hike. I just want to yeah. be here. But uh, but that turned out to not be the case. It actually has kind of been a very cool, fun experience for me because it kind of has helped, I guess, maybe unveil a, a side of my personality that I, I believe is, is genuine and has always been there. But I didn't always allow myself mm. to tap into the, I guess, more energetic, ebullient, uh, charismatic side uh, of myself. But uh, but it is a process getting to learn how to speak eloquently on camera and not be <laughs> paranoid about what's, you know, if you have a bad take or you say something dumb or you just garble your words, not getting like, oh, I suck at this. I can't yeah. do this. And now so we're we're actually in season three of production now. We filmed uh, seven episodes the first season and 10 episodes for the second season, which mm -hmm. we is now finished and we just filmed our first episode of season three. And so looking at my, I guess, trajectory of it, it, I feel like I'm not a different person, but I just feel like I have improved a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> in this role. And I think that being comfortable, like being, being proud of what I did at the very beginning, uh, I, I'm still very proud of it. And I think that our show and me as a host, I've, I've matured a lot. I've grown a lot. I've become better. And so it's, 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 a uh, it's kind of crazy that, that the, produ the production company just trusted me, threw me into it and just been like, yeah, mm -hmm. we're putting a ton of resources behind this. There's a lot of money involved mm -hmm. and a lot of risk, but Hey, <laughs> go do your thing. And We'll, we'll see what we come up with. Exactly. So it's I, yeah. risky, but it's fun. It's such a compliment, isn't it? Like, wow, they actually chose me. They're actually trusting me to do this and produce something great. And I mean, I think it's only natural for us to grow and learn and get better as we go. I mean, I hope that's the case, right? Like, I hope that your hundredth episode isn't the same as your first one, you know, oh, just that it's, it's how it's gotta be. Yeah. I mean, you have to just start. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you're, you're never fully ready when any, any time you start any of these types of ventures, especially creative ones, mm -hmm. you just have to go and be willing to mm -hmm. do, do your best as, and, uh, you know, try your hardest mm -hmm. and be willing to learn and be able to be, you know, self-critical in the way that you're open to learning and, uh, accept feedback and grow and, and it's inevitable that you do grow. Yeah. You know what else I think is inevitable? And I wonder how you've dealt with this is the vulnerability aspect because you're really putting yourself out there. And the second that you, in general, the general you, like myself included, the second you put yourself out on a massive media platform of some sort, you subject yourself to the opinion of others. And that has been quite a scary thing, at least for me. I know it is for a lot of uh, for a lot of people, it's, it's just one of the things that you suffer by being in the arena, you know, like yeah. you suffer getting stoned if somebody wants to throw that at you, you know, because you're there putting yourself out for exposure sort of thing. So have you experienced that? I mean, how yeah, has sure. the, yeah. How have you dealt with that? Well, 
So I had mentioned earlier that I had taken a job in wilderness therapy that kind of preceded all of these things. And I'm really glad that I have that background and now have what ended up being about three years of experience in that job for me, because literally part of that job, I was in this, in this role of kind of coaching and mentoring. It was therapeutic. We were backpacking, mm-hmm. but it was people who needed help with all sorts of kind of behavioral issues. And one of the things that was inevitable was these sometimes, well, young adults, sometimes teenagers, sometimes people in their mid twenties would just be like verbally berating and abusing you, uh, not physically or, uh, yeah. anything too, it was part, it was just part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing that what they were saying was a bigger reflection on them than on you. Yeah. And, uh, so it's been, it's been, it, what probably would have maybe been hurtful or would have maybe stopped me or where I would have been like, you know, I'm, I don't want to subject myself to this. Um, I, I feel like, um, it's not that I don't care, but it, it, it has been a process of being able to understand what is valid feedback and what is something that is reflecting somebody of the mm-hmm. character of whoever this YouTube commenter or whatever it is, totally. whatever the source is. Yeah. Like, I don't have to take that personally. And I mm-hmm. am going to choose to do, always do my best to be kind and to be open-minded and to be thoughtful in my approach. And I might not always get it perfect, but if I make mistakes, I want to learn, but I'm not going to allow Joe seven, three, six, five, seven, uh, <laughs> have any sort of role in, in my life. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Um, yeah. yeah, I, cause I, so I just watched the trailer. I actually haven't seen one of your shows yet, which, um, I, I definitely, um, I just watched the trailer and I'm like, oh my God, I was sitting there with the biggest smile on my face. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. I love that it's you, like, cause I know you, you know? And so, yeah. but I also like, you're doing this narration, which you, it's, it's so funny. Cause you got like this great voice for it, you know? <laughs> That's my, uh, my narration voice. Yeah. I'm Hanson. <laughs> I'm Eric Hansen. <laughs> no, um, yeah. no, but, but even just in the trailer, you know, I mean, I just having done this on the smallest scale and I mean, in comparison, I'm just going to compare that, you know, you have three seasons going on and like, I just did this one video with Osprey that's coming out in September. And this is just me being like, Oh, people are going to say whatever they want about it. And there's nothing I can do. And it's hard to compartmentalize the difference of it being about them and not about you. And so, but, and you're, so you're on like a pretty big stage right now. I just, I think it's, I think it's great. It's, it's awesome. Um, so tell us, cause I kind of just went on a tangent there with all of that, just cause that's kind of a personal side of it. But, um, Tell us more about Epic Trails. I mean, the TV show is called Epic Trails. You go to, uh, well, Epic Trails. So tell us, like, where have you been? We, we just learned that you went on the Jordan Trail. Um, but I, and I've seen that you've, I've seen some of the locations that you guys yeah. have gone to, but can you share, like, what, what has it been about? What do you do on the show? Yeah. So the show is Epic Trails, which I feel like is, there is an element of hopefully a self-explanatory title there. So we travel, it's an adventure travel TV show. We go all over the world to explore 
the people, places, cultures, food, uh, all of the things that surround the world's most epic trails. Mm-hmm. So what it is, it is not just 30 minutes of watching me hike. Um, although <laughs> there is, uh, you know, we are doing a lot of like documenting trails and things like that. I like to describe it, which, um, as kind of like taking the Anthony Bourdain approach to an adventure travel show of he, uh, somebody that was really influential on me was Anthony Bourdain and, uh, his, you know, his show, he used food as a vehicle to have a show that was much more robust and deep than just about food. Um, and he had such a good way of exploring and being open to the people of a place. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the things that I really tried to bring to the show. I've gotten to do a lot of other travel, long distance, long-term travel, and travel has been a big part of my life outside of even the TV show. So I have a background of kind of, of doing that, of being out of my element in the unknown and trusting that things are going to be good and positive. I'm going to meet great people. And I try to take that approach with the show. So we have, we filmed in a, now, well, we just filmed our 18th episode and we filmed in, uh, let's see if I can recall all of the destinations. I might miss a couple here, but Jordan, New Zealand, Fiji, Peru. We've done a handful of locations in Canada, uh, Australia, uh, Papua New Guinea, Alaska, Poland, Sweden, um, the UK. Uh, there might, I might be missing something in there, but, uh, but yeah, we've gotten to go to some, some, Ever, everything from maybe a little bit more familiar feeling, like uh, doing an episode in, say, Alaska or uh, like Revelstoke, BC, Canada, to things that are far out of the realm of familiar for me. So Papua New Guinea, for example, Fiji, yeah. places that are just like, this is some of, one of the most different places I've ever been to in my life is, you know, when we're going to get into film an episode of television around these trails that are... Mm in these crazy, awesome places. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you get to connect with the people as you're doing this? Yeah. So one of the things, so sort of on a logistical point, but we, it is part of built into the show is that I will meet up with people in the location. Mm-hmm. So usually it's like some sort of a guide or a local expert. So part of my, my role as the host is that I'm like, an adventure traveler, a photographer. I've been a, like a guide. So I have a certain level of, I guess, expertise that I take in, in my role, but I'm not the expert in all of these global destinations. I don't know all the ins and outs of trekking in Papua New Guinea. So I get to meet up with, you know, people who, who are on the ground there. And then part of the show is me interacting with them and learning and having an experience with, people on the ground. Great. So you feel like it's pretty authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I As mean, we you're do, exploring we do these not do yeah. the, uh, Oh, we're going to conjure up a, a bit of drama here. It's much more documentary in nature than that. So mm-hmm. we're not like, um, having a producer on site who's like, and now cue flash flood and right. deal with it. <laughs> um, or, you know, something like yeah. that where we're, creating it, it. We try to be really authentic in our storytelling and in how we approach it. It's not a, it's, I wouldn't say it's pure documentary, but it's documentary in, in style and nature. Mm-hmm. So what have been, or maybe what was your favorite or like top 
top couple favorite experiences that you've had in this journey? Well, I think a couple of my favorite episodes and experiences have been Fiji, Newfoundland. Uh, well, yeah, and Newfoundland. Uh, that actually that was quite surprising. Uh, and then Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea as a as a place was really just so vastly different and eye-opening for me. And just as a historical note, um, Papua New Guinea as a country didn't, didn't have outside Western white person influence, uh, until like the 1940s. So the country, all of the residents of Papua New Guinea were really unaware of there being this other outside world until the forties, which is kind of mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. And so as a, as a traveler going into these places, it still feels very raw and very unique. Like these places, they're not, they haven't developed like, um, Oh, we're going to create a tourism package type of thing. And it, it, so it, you go into this place, these places and it, it just, it doesn't feel like anywhere else I've, I've traveled. And, uh, so for example, we stayed in this village, we did a village stay in a place that had never hosted white people before. Wow. Uh, so I got to have this opportunity of going in and having, you know, the whole village, which was probably maybe 200 people just be, it, I wasn't the first white person they'd seen, but it, they didn't have a lot of experience with, with, I guess with white people and certainly hadn't hosted anybody. We actually stayed in, in the village with them. And so it was to them, it was like a big, it was a, it was a big moment. And, uh, it, it was very enlightening and eye opening and uh, emotional in a lot of ways for me because I'd never seen anything quite like it. It was, um, the whole village basically followed me wherever I went and I felt (laughs) cooler. I've never felt more like a rock star than I have in Papua New Guinea. Um, but it was really like, for example, they wanted to show me all of these things, all of these things that they were proud of, like their pineapple market or something like that, like like the place, their, their fruit. And so just getting to buy, you know, I bought, you know, some pineapple from them and ate it. And just as the juice was running down my cheek, I'm smiling and laughing and talking about how good it is. And then the whole village is like, he likes it erupting in joy. <laughs> that they can, that their, their pineapple is being enjoyed. Oh, and, uh, it basically, it still brings like uh, emotions up to think about this because, uh, it, it was really, when I left, there were, there were a couple of translators and there was a couple of people in the village who spoke some English. And, uh, one of the guys who was kind of like one of the village leaders who did speak a bit of English told me when, when I left that he had, he had never had a, a, an outsider or a white person, just somebody come into the village and just accept them for who they are and not try to mm. change them because there's, as a side note, there's an influence of, uh, missionaries in the area that have a, had had a tendency to, I don't want to get into it too, too deeply, but yeah. kind of afraid like here, take this, drop this part of your culture and take this part of our culture and you'll be better for it type of thing. And so it was like this deeply moving thing that he, he like came to me basically with tears in his eyes and was just thanking me for embracing them and celebrating with them who they are. And, uh, I basically just started crying and, uh, I even kind of, I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm getting kind of emotional telling the story. Mm. 
because mm-hmm. it was just one of the like most emotionally impactful travel experiences I've ever had in my life to be there in that village and with those people and to celebrate and share with them. And, and as a side note, I may have accidentally gotten married without knowing it while I was in. <laughs> I'm not sure. Whoa. What, what happened there? Well, so it is, it, it became part of the episode. So I invite people to watch, oh, but I got great. to be a part of this courtship ritual that I was originally supposed to just be a, a spectator of. But there was this uh, hut, basically, that was the, the house of the maidens where all of the the eligible ladies were. Uh, it was basically like four or five wi- unmarried women um, were, were in this this hut and there was about to be the ceremony, this courtship ceremony. And then there were, you know, basically five or six eligible bachelors, young men who were going to try to, uh, court the women and see if sparks would fly and maybe basically for them to find partners. Mm-hmm. And those and this were is being, real. This was real. Okay. Um, being led by, uh, an, an elder woman who was basically the village elder. And, uh, she was, you know, a woman who was basically covered in in uh, various colored muds and bearing beads and feathers and nothing else, as would be in the more culture of Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Um, and so, what was happening is I was just kind of sitting on the edge, and she was she had this role of as the the men come in and I joined the men. Um, <laughs> I I sat down kind of apart from the group, and then the men and women would sit like guy, girl, guy, girl, shoulder to shoulder, and they would just start singing together. And that was kind of part of the ceremonies. They'd go through, sing these songs. And the idea was that this elder uh, woman would kind of be watching and she was coordinating this experience and being like, oh, this guy's look making eyes over here. And I think there's <laughs> some sparks going on there. So she'll like move people around and stuff like that. And uh, she ended up moving one of the women next to me. And I was thought that I was just supposed to be a spectator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so she sits next to me and so we start singing and then she grabs my hand and basically puts it on her inner thigh. Oh. And, uh, just for the rest of the courtship ritual, she's like holding my hand on her, on her thigh and oh just like singing away and smiling and looking at me and everybody's just kind of doing, doing their thing. And then the ceremony ends and I don't really know if something has happened that I'm unaware of, but <laughs> I, you know, we, it was a very strange experience. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. But then we just went and danced, and I'm not sure if that uh, dancing and <laughs> celebration was because they thought we got married or or what. But uh, um, oh, I, I haven't spoken to her in a while, so I'm not sure where we stand in our relationship. It might be an unhealthy marriage. <laughs> might, it might be. I, I, oh my gosh, that's incredible! That's, and this is this is I in mean, the episode. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we we had cameras there, and we yeah. were we were filming it, and. It, yeah, it it does come across that I'm taken by surprise and not sure exactly what what has happened. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> good for you for just kind of going with the flow yeah. and letting it happen. This is the the this is what I love about adventure travel is just the unpredictability, and it always it almost always has to do with other humans, you know, just the experiences yeah. that you can have, and man. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that, you I mean, you've gotten to experience a lot of adventure travel like that. And 
you you can't plan that sort of thing. You can't like buy a tour that says, oh, be a part of a courtship ritual in some random village. And, you know, (laughs) those are the type you just go and you have no idea what is going to happen. And sometimes it's magical and memorable and wonderful. And sometimes there's elements of like, wow, that was kind of rough. But uh, but (laughs) it all... In general, I feel mostly like it ends up being quite positive. Oh yeah, you know what's funny is I actually was involved in a in a courtship ritual in some random village once. It was in Bulgaria, really? yeah, yep. and we were <laughs> yeah we were in a really small village in Bulgaria on a trip. It was actually with the ATTA, which um, it was at the Mas- yeah. in the Balkans, uh, the Adventure Next in the Balkans in Macedonia, and we were on a trip in Bulgaria and. I mean, we had, we rode bikes to this village. We're a group. And suddenly, like before I knew it, they were putting garments on me and, and one of the guys in our group. And they had this whole like thing. Like we had to like hold hands and they danced around us and sang and like they fed us rakia. That was the part that was questionable. It was like they pull out more <laughs> rakia and I'm like, I can't do more rakia. Like I'm not, I'm not a big drinker and this rakia is just everywhere in the Balkans. And yeah. oh man, we have some hilarious photos from that because that's essentially what happened. Like, I mean... I'm not, I don't think, I think it was actually how they do it. But I mean, obviously this, the other guy is, uh, do you know Jordan Campbell actually by any chance? No, Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But anyway, it was Jordan Campbell. He was my pseudo um, courtship partner. I suppose you could say (laughs) in Bulgaria. So yeah, but that's, that is also a really beautiful memory for me because the women who were there, it was also um, coordinated by women. uh, Interestingly, but And they were the elders in the village as well. So that's kind of interesting too. But they had the most like hauntingly beautiful voices. Bulgaria is, have you been to Bulgaria? I have not. I feel like we're on kind of a tangent, but uh, wow. They're (laughs) so musical there. They're so musical. There's music and singing in everything that they do. And it was just so beautiful to see them in all of this traditional outfits and and to be to be able to be part of that was really exciting even though it totally took us by surprise it was a really really beautiful memory for me just to 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 have experienced that these are the things you just you can't I didn't know I was signing up for that (laughs) you know you can't fabricate those experiences or plan them or make them happen and that's those are the the things that, you know, like I'm telling the story about it. It's been over a year. I'll probably tell that story in another 20 years. And mm-hmm. those are the, some of the best memories that you can have are just, it, you, you probably felt probably a little bit uncomfortable at the time. I know I felt a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. in this experience, but at the same time, like I won't ever, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They say that outside, outside your comfort zone is where the magic happens. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know you had that too. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so random, actually. I've never gotten to share a story like that with someone else who'd had one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So where can you tell us anything about where you hope to to go with this? I mean, what are the plans? Are you going to how how far in the future do you plan to be doing this? Like, or, you know, how much have you gotten um, like contracted for? 
Well, we're, we've started filming season three, mm-hmm. so definitely that. And it looks like all of the things are in place with like our distribution agreements and network stuff that yeah. uh, we, we will, we're pl- fully planning and uh, it would be a big surprise if we didn't go make a season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I envision this being the, the type of thing. I think um, the hardest part is getting a project like this off the ground. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will be continuing to do this as long as all of us still enjoy doing it. Got it. And I would be surprised if that was less than eight years. I mean, I, oh I imagine gosh. that we'll be doing this for a yeah. long time. I, I think this will be my career for good, a good decade or so. Oh. I'm not, you know, who knows? Yeah. My, maybe down the road, I'll feel drawn to pursue something else creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm sure in, you will, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, I also feel really fulfilled by this work and that it's, I, I love getting to do what I get to do. And not only from the travel side and just the experiential side, but also as a, uh, what I feel like I, as an artist or a creative being able to passionately try to make as good of a piece of art as I can with every episode of television and, uh, constantly be trying to hone my craft and improve. And every episode we talk about how we can make it better than the last one. And it's, it's a big learning curve for me on, I mean, I basically get to do a bunch of different roles as well. I, I write, um, I write the scripts to narrate it. Um, I get to play a role. I don't edit the show. We have editors that are dedicated. Thank, thank God they're ama- yeah. amazing at what they do. Sam and Kyle are such good editors. Um, but I get to participate in that, like communicating with the editors and talking about like what, what we were thinking and envisioning. And so it is kind of like learning how to be a producer, be an editor, be like all these different, uh, a script writer being, take on all these different roles and grow. So I feel like I'm getting equipped to do a lot more than just talk on camera, I guess, uh, which is exciting for me. Yeah. It's like a stepping stone yeah. to something, to something. Yeah. I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but I just, I, I, like I started as a, as a photographer and mm-hmm. I love the craft of like creating art and presenting imagery and storytelling that makes people curious and inquisitive and hopefully moves people, inspires people, makes people laugh, all those things. And yeah. so I get to my, my full-time job now is to get to invest and in, put everything I have into making the best product I can. I love it. That's so cool. And, you know, I I just want to say at the beginning, you said some of it was talent. Some of it was luck. I don't know exactly how you said it, but ultimately like you were discovered because you were doing your thing, putting yourself out there, creating content and someone liked your video. And that's, that's not necessarily luck. Like, you know, you've, you've kind of created this path for yourself and um, I mean, you deserve to be where you are. So congratulations. Uh, well, thank you. I, <laughs> really I appreciate exciting. that. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like there is, you know, it just uh, for other people who are working on those things or want to work on that type of thing, whether it's being a writer or musician or a photographer or podcaster, whatever it might be like, it's, it's scary to put yourself out there. Um, like you were talking about, but the only thing you, I mean, just you, you have to start somewhere and you got to work hard and 
you know, bust your butt as much as you can. And, uh, and good things tend to happen for people who consistently work hard and not just for a few months, but do it for a long period of time. Yeah. I know for, for me, there was, there was also what's kind of the, the lost, not the lost years, but it, it, there was a multi-year experience where it was like, I'm a freelancer barely scraping by, um, you know, making poverty level money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to keep going and working as hard as I can. That's part of the experience. And I'm thankful to have that. And I'm also thankful to not be in that position anymore, but, uh, yeah. but I, it, that's part of it. And it's yeah. scary at times, but you got to go for it. Mm-hmm. I totally see you on that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of a combination of maybe I am scraping by, but it's, it is working. I can handle this and I'm going to keep going because I still have a vision. Yeah. Yeah. So where can everybody watch this? Yeah. So, uh, for those of people who still have cable television, uh, it's on outside TV nationally. So anywhere in the U S you can watch it on outside TV and it's, it's also on Fox sports in a bunch of regions, not a hundred percent of all the Fox sports regions, but so a lot of people have, if you have cable, you probably have Fox sports and then there's a good chance that it's on Fox sports. So the new episode season two started airing in June of 2019. And, uh, they're going to be playing all summer long rerunning. And if you're like me and don't have cable, uh, you can actually go watch our digital versions of them over on our backpacking TV, YouTube channel. So if you just type in backpacking TV and YouTube, our channel will come up and, uh, the Epic trails we have, uh, branded them for online use under trekking dirt. Um, so if you go on there and want to watch it for free online, go to our backpacking TV, YouTube channel. And watch Trekking Dirt. Trekking Dirt. There's also a whole bunch of other things as well. There's, okay. um, but yeah. So basically, with we we have a digital version of the episodes that are available for for free. Okay. On, on, okay. Just making just sure. Yeah, yeah, that I understand it correctly. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, we have to kind of change the branding up a little bit to not mess with contracts with yeah. uh, television and stuff like yeah. that. Okay. And, um, so where can people follow you if they'd like to just kind of follow you like on Instagram, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm probably most active on, on Instagram. So following me over there at Eric Hansen TV. So it's E R I C H A N S O N TV. Um, and, or on our Facebook page, which would just be at facebook.com slash Epic trails TV, Epic trails TV. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. But, but for me personally and all of the stuff of the show, yes, Eric Hansen TV, Instagram is also Epic trails TV for the more of the shows Mm -hmm. specific side of the Instagram. Um, but yeah, come say hello, send a message and, uh, follow along on some fun journeys. Yeah. No kidding. It's so cool to see that this is, this is where you are now. And, um, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see what else is going to come in the future as well. And, um, yeah, thank you so much again for coming on the show and just sharing, uh, your stories. And I really wish you and the show all the best going forward. Thank you so much. 
Well, thanks, Jackie. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, it's it's been an honor to talk with you and to see mm-hmm. how you have grown and developed mm-hmm. and, uh, in the last several years since we yeah, met yeah. in Quebec. So, uh, on, on so thanks so much. I, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that too. Um, hopefully <laughs> yeah. we run into each other sooner next time. Yes, let's not do a three-year gap again. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Okay, thanks again to Eric for sharing his story with us. I have actually watched a couple of episodes of Epic Trails since we recorded this interview, and they're fun. I watched the Jordan Trail one, and I recognized so much in it. That was super fun for me, and then um, a couple of other ones, too. They're short episodes, so they're great for quick inspiration and seriously beautiful scenery. So yeah, thanks again to Eric for introducing us to that. Um, Remember to sign up for group trip opportunities and find show notes, including those Osprey Pack video reviews at jumppodcast.com. And um, in the next episode, we have a guest who's going to shed some light on how she has created a full-time income while traveling full-time by trading in the stock market. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening today and I will see you guys in the next one. 